Hi everyone, I'm Ashley Pyle and I'm the host for season three of Humans of James River and you're currently listening to episode two. In this episode, I'm going to be talking with a student named Lane Lewis who's a junior at James River High School and they're going to be talking about their experience as coming out as queer and finding out who they really are and also addressing societal issues that come with both stigmas around mental health and also with those who are in the LGBTQ community as a whole. I hope you all enjoy. Hi, I'm Lane Lewis and I'm a junior here in the leadership program. I'm so very excited to share my stories and experiences. The main things I would like to focus on today are mental health and my experiences over quarantine that led me to a self-awakening. Something I find so interesting is the stigmatism around mental illness. I myself suffer from bipolar disorder. As only a few know, bipolar disorder and borderline personality disorder are on a spectrum. Think of it as a rainbow. Of course, I'd say that I'm queer. <laughs> but on one side, we have bipolar, and the other, we have BPD. A lot of symptoms and signs bleed into each other, and it gets a bit foggy when getting diagnosed. A lot of people I know think that being bipolar just consists of mood swings. You're angry, and then you're happy. In my personal experience, it is nothing like that. I like to describe my symptoms as a cycle. I have bipolar 2, which means I suffer from more depressive episodes than manic ones. A usual cycle for me looks a lot like a few weeks of severe depression, a manic episode for maybe two to three days, a cool down for a day or two where I feel more numb than anything, and then it starts all over again from the top. I've had people tell me all the time that they like manic lane more. Sometimes I do too. I get things done, I do things I normally wouldn't do, and I'm extremely hyper. The thing about mania is that it's incredibly dangerous. Not only can it affect yourself, but others as well. When one is manic, they aren't thinking about anyone's feelings. They're not thinking about their own. They do risky things like walking in traffic, running through the woods, etc. I list these things because, because I've done them myself. Some people go as far as trying drugs and think they can fly. It's almost like you think you're untouchable. It gets to the point where you can do something without thinking and end up hurting yourself. Although that might not seem as bad for some, it comes at a price. What do you do when mania ends? Do you go back to living your normal life? Do you act like it never happened? Sometimes I wish I could. I've gone days without sleep before. I was able to create amazing art. I was able to get lost in the woods. But when I came out of my episode, my body was so weak. I had scratches on my body from branches I never recalled happening or feeling. I had eye bags that didn't go away for weeks. It's terrible having to live with yourself like that, you know? Truly, after manic episodes, I tend to usually go numb for a few days. Some people think that feeling numb is so much better, right? You don't feel sad, you don't feel happy. But that's the problem. You don't feel anything. Um, my father was paralyzed when I was in elementary school, and I remember having to take care of him and myself. My mother wasn't really involved in my life as much. Um, and it was so hard having to raise myself as a child. And I feel like that affects who I am a lot now. And it's really hard to admit now that I do need help. Um, I'm only 16 years old, and I can't do everything myself. I'm not sure exactly what my breaking point was, I guess you could say, but during sophomore year, um, my father did pass, which still affects me to this day, but it was so painful to have to live through such a rough time. But the thing that hurt me the most was the fact that I couldn't feel. I was in shock. 
It took me months to mourn. For a while, I wish I could have just cried. I needed to let the pain out some way, but I, it wouldn't come out. I resorted to some unhealthy coping mechanisms. Finally, one day, I broke down. It felt like every tear in my body finally came out. It was like a faucet that wouldn't turn off. There's actually a term for that. It's called emotional flooding. I'm not exactly sure to explain it. My therapist could do a better job. I mention this because I know other people have gone through tough times like myself or honestly even worse, um, not to compare apples and oranges, but um, I feel like there is a dark side to everyone's life, even if you don't completely know what someone's going through. The one episode that I have not been able to discuss yet is, de is a depressive episode. Everyone thinks they know what these are, right? Being sad, not wanting to put jeans on, not wanting to do your makeup. I hate that. I hate when people think, assume that mental illness looks the same for everyone. It might look a lot worse for others. For some, it looks exactly like what I described earlier. For me, I can't get out of bed some mornings. I have no motivation to brush my teeth or my hair or change my clothes or shower. The list could go on and on. Most days, I wouldn't feel like eating. I felt like my body didn't deserve or need nourishment. One thing I would like to get across to people is that they're not alone. There are so many people who know what you're going through, even if you don't think it or feel it. I'm here on a podcast talking about how mentally ill I am, and I'm keeping it to a minimum. This year, I had enough. I've always taken care of myself from the time I was young. My brother is eight years older than me, and even though he's such a big help to me now, when I was younger, he couldn't always be there for me. He was going through high school while I was in elementary school. When I decided that I should try to get some help, I thought that I wouldn't get anywhere. I was so wrong. I reached out to the school psychologist. Yes, we have one. No, I did not know this until junior year. She helped me find both a psychiatrist and a therapist. I don't think that any 16-year-old, such as myself, should have to do this on their own. But if I can, I know you can too. It is important to look around you for your own support systems. Sometimes you might not always have a trusted adult in life, and that's okay. I've just gotten to the point where I feel I, that I have a safe, strong adult in my life. A lot of the time, your friends are going to be your support systems. I truly encourage you, though, to be careful. I've learned the hard way that if you do not develop some sense of boundaries, that it can be harmful to your friends. What I'm trying to say is be careful on how much you project your problems onto others. The next thing I would like to talk about is what I'd call my self-awakening journey. Yes, this sounds cheesy, but in high school, I find it is important to take time to figure out who you are and what it means to be you. Ever since elementary school, I've been bullied every year. I was bullied because I would dress dif differently than others. I was bullied because my dad was paralyzed. In middle school, I was bullied because I was poor, because I got free lunch. In eighth grade, I remember being called gay as an insult. I never believed gay was a bad thing. Growing up, my sister, who was 15 years older than me, had a girlfriend. They're still together to this day. Funny story, I actually outed my sister to my mom at the ripe age of three. Um, I was not aware that she didn't know. Um, now my sister is one of my biggest supporters. My mom, maybe not so much. She does accept the fact that I'm gay, but I don't know if she appreciates the fact that I'm openly queer. In eighth grade, I started questioning myself. After being called gay for so long, I started to think about it. Yeah, I always thought boys were icky, but how icky? It wasn't a thing of like a scale of one to 10, but instead I just knew that I didn't have any attraction to boys. I had a few little boyfriend things in middle school because who doesn't? But now I look back on it and I think that I did this because I was afraid of people finding out who I truly was.
Ninth grade came around, and I remember telling a few of my good friends that I thought I was bisexual. The first person I came out to was my best friend at the time, and I remember coming out to her at eighth grade formal, and it was such an eye-opening experience. I remember, like, to this day, it was storming so bad. We were waiting for her mom to pick us up, and I just went, hey, I think I'm gay. And it was no secret. Like, almost everyone around me knew, but I wasn't even sure then because I was so afraid of talking to people about it. I didn't know if others around me were in the community as well. I didn't know who to talk to about it. Um, In ninth grade, um, I started being a lot more comfortable with myself and everyone around me was so supportive and a few of my good friends came out to me as well. I was comfortable with this term for a good while. Right after COVID hit, I was introduced to the idea of they, them pronouns. I realized that I didn't truly resonate with being a girl, so I tried out she, they pronouns. I was somewhat comfortable with it, but I still knew something felt weird to me. I knew for a bit I was non-binary, but I was just so afraid of thinking that people would look at me differently. I was even afraid of my two close friends at the time being unaccepting of it. Finally, I made the jump. I was tired of living with myself as dead name Lewis, a bisexual female. Emphasis on the word female. I still hate that. Now I know that I'm Lane Lewis and identify as non-binary. Freshman year coming in, I, I didn't talk to anyone. There was no one in my grade from my middle school in the specialty center. And many people just stayed with their own, their own friends and such, which I understand. Like high school is a scary experience at first. People do want to stay with their friends, but I never got the opportunity to introduce myself really, um, which sucked at first, but now I'm kind of okay with that because they never realized like, they only know you as Lane. Yeah, they only know me as Lane, which is amazing because now that I'm able to go by a different name and I'm okay with telling people I'm non-binary, I don't have this like cloud over my head and I don't have this pressure over my shoulders to be who I was. Now I can live openly. Now that I've found myself, I feel like it's easier to live my life every day. I don't have to walk around with a metaphorical mask. I jump back and forth with some terms for my sexual orientation, bisexual to lesbian to back to bisexual to lesbian, and now I just use the term queer. I feel like I can use it as an umbrella term that I can apply specifically as I want. When going through this journey, I thought about what was most important to me. A few of these things include my own self-awareness, boundaries for both myself and others, as well as my friends. I know that last the last one is broad, but it's most important. If I didn't have my friends, I would not still be here. I'm okay with saying it. This year, coming back into school, I've gotten closer and established friends with people I've barely talked to before. One person out of many who makes me feel so warm and hip at James River is Nate Parker. Don't worry, I got his permission to put him in here. Um, But I can testify, and I'm sure others can as well, about how awesome his energy is. Every time I walk into Mr. Shoe's class, I'm ready for my Nate high five of the day. I could go on and on about how many amazing folks I've met. One thing that truly does irk me is the pressure around those who come out as gay or even transgender. For the longest time, people have told me that I should just tell people that I'm gay. First of all, it is not that easy, sadly. I never knew how my family would take the news, and I know that there are some people here who don't have supportive families as well. Second of all, I believe that it is a decision that people should make on their own when if they're ready. I was still questioning what my sexual orientation was. I went back and forth between bisexual, lesbian, and now I don't label myself because I find it easier. Um, 
I just like who I like, and that's that's who I am at the end of the day. But um, I keep using this word stigma, but there's such a big stigma around people in the queer community and mental health. Um, there's been jokes made on TikTok and Instagram and honestly every social media I can think of about how all gay people are mentally ill. That's such a general label for all people, but I, I believe that that somewhat can be true for a lot of people because so much pressure being put on themselves as well as bullying going on really can affect how people think about themselves. Um, I would like to mention something here that is happening at James River. It has come to my attention this year that we have a gender neutral bathroom. If I had known about this, I most definitely would have utilized it. I've thought about maybe why they wouldn't publicize it. Potential hate crimes could have come about, but the point I'm trying to get is that there's only one, maybe two. And from my understanding, there are also staff restrooms. I have a few close friends who have transitioned throughout high school. Sometimes they're denied use of a bathroom because they're not in their assigned at birth gendered bathroom. This pains me so badly. Fortunately for me, I do present female. I hate saying this because I hate being viewed as a female, but if I were to walk into a woman's restroom, I wouldn't be questioned. Some people who are just now transitioning may not be completely passing. I think if I could change one thing here at James River, I would change the fact that we're not as inclusive as we say we are. If we were inclusive, we wouldn't have issues or, in my opinion, flaws such as these. During sophomore year, um, during virtual schooling, I let all of my teachers know that I would like to go by a different name, which is now Lane. It's my preferred name. Um, the other week, actually, one of my teachers um, accidentally deadnamed me, but she did do it more than once in the class, so I questioned if it was accidentally or not. Um, and it's very upsetting to hear. When it happened the other day, I, I froze. Like, I, the people who call me by my dead name usually consist of my family, and I don't associate with my dead name anymore because it reminds me of terrible past experiences, and it affects people more than others sometimes, um, but recently it's been affecting me a lot more, um, and I understand some teachers don't understand the concept of non-binary folks or they-them pronouns, even though we use them on day-to-day -day basis, but a lot of the teachers I do have um, they aren't very respectful about it. And I do believe that they put on a face to at least show the administrators or counselors that they're trying. Um, I overheard a administrator the other day talking about the fact that she ran a program to put they them pronouns into a sheet to seem more inclusive, but the keyword is seem. She didn't express that she was trying to be inclusive, but that she wanted it to look like she was being inclusive, which I, I don't appreciate that. Um, and in all honesty, when people refer to me as my dead name, I'd rather them not refer to me than refer to me as that. Um, when I think about who I was, when I went by my dead name, it is someone completely different than who I am now. Um, I've changed as a person, but for the better. Um, I've always been very respectful of people, but now I'm putting myself out there so others know that they're not alone, which I mentioned earlier, but it's something that I found so important to me is just being okay with who I am. And it's so hard to go about high school being okay with myself because there's always constant pressure from others. At home, I'm still constantly dead named. I don't have accepting guardians and I don't think that my family would necessarily understand. Um, a lot of the times I've heard people say, 
well, my mom's angry because she picked this name for me, and now I'm going by a different one, which would probably happen at my house. But now that I am letting teachers know that I'm non-binary and I go by they, them pronouns, a lot of them try to be respectful, but I feel like some of them put fronts on um, just to show some people that they're trying to be inclusive. Um, but I don't, I don't think they have the best intentions when doing that. A lot of the times at the beginning of school year, we would have name cards to fill out. Um, not everyone put their pronouns on them, but I did. Uh, I understand that a lot of people take time to adjust to pronouns. I do present feminine, although I wish I didn't. I hate being identified as a female. But I understand when people might not completely understand the idea of non being non-binary now, because to adults, it's kind of a new concept. But I feel like People should be respectful of it, especially if I'm helping educate them. Um, a lot of the times I will correct people on my pronouns and I try to be as kind as possible, but sometimes I I feel like I'm going insane. I can't take it anymore. I've never snapped out at a student, but there's been times when I've come close to it because some students completely regard it just because they don't feel like making an effort. Um, I've never had a teacher use they, them pronouns for me ever, even though I make an effort to, to correct them. I put my pronouns on Canvas. When they send out forms at the beginning of the year, I've always put my preferred pronouns. But once again, I feel like that's just a face they put on. This is like a little bit off topic, but are you a part of the LGBTQ club here? I'm not a part of GSA. I did not know that we had a GSA club until this month. And I don't think that it's the club members' fault for not advertising it. Um, they've done a wonderful job of it. I found out this year, I found out this month because of their Instagram, but I feel like a lot of the times certain clubs that aren't as popular don't get attention. I've never heard an announcement um, about the club before, so I feel like they really rely on just people in the, in the like, club sponsor's classroom to hear about it. Or people but I, just like happening upon it. Yeah, yeah. But I think that it's a, it's a great thing to have it here at school. I was in my middle school GSA, even if I couldn't participate that much because I was doing other clubs. But I do think it's really important to have that in schools. Until the day I get off this earth, I will continue to advocate for others' rights, no matter their race, gender identity, or sexual orientation. At the end of the day, we all have our own struggles, sometimes some more than others. If you're listening to this podcast, I just want you to know that you're not alone. Take life one day at a time, be kind to others, but more importantly, be kind to yourself. You are loved and you are valid. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Humans of Jim's River. I hope you all enjoyed it. I just wanted to emphasize the fact that there is a resources page on the Humans of Jim's River website in which there are links and phone numbers to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, the LGBTQ Youth Support Group, the Trevor Project, the Parents of Transgendered Children Support Group, and the Gay and Lesbian National Hotline, as well as many others. Um, if you or a loved one would benefit from reaching out to one of these sites, um, then please do not hesitate to utilize this, this information. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes.